Welcome to the Student Ministry Podcast by LifeWay. I'm Ben Trueblood. I am here with producer Nathan. What's up? How's it going? Good. We're excited for another episode, hanging out with all of you. And I think this is going to be a good one. Uh, We're going to be talking about communication today. Uh, And so this is something that like, this is a form of communication that we're listening to your, well, you're listening to it. Mm-hmm. We are saying it. So that's a form of communication. Uh, we communicate a lot in a lot of different ways. Student pastors, uh, we have talked before in various different environments about how your primary role is one of communication and you do it in a lot of, a lot of different ways. It's all, it's not all from the stage, but yep. most often when we think about communication, we drift towards that stage moment preaching or teaching, but it actually is far. We spend far less time commuting that way <laughs> than we do. than we do a lot of other ways. That's very true. <laughs> so uh, I want to give you a couple of resources right off the top here that I think would be uh, great resources for you. If you are looking to improve in your communication. So there's a book called talk like Ted, uh, that I would recommend that you read. Uh, it's called Talk Like Ted. It is a book that will help you develop communication skills. Um, it's obviously not a preaching book and that's okay because I want to like say right at the beginning, there are a lot of preaching books that you can get and read and that would be awesome if you did it. Um, but it's also okay to read non-Christian or secular communication books to help develop the skills of a communicator. Um, it doesn't change the truth that we have to present. And it is 100% true that the Holy Spirit can use any level of communicator to speak through. The Holy Spirit can, uh, an eight-year-old untrained can stand up and read God's word. And the Holy Spirit can choose to use that just as much as he would a person who has been through all the preaching classes and read all the communication books and stands up and delivers a well-presented message from the Bible. Okay. So I want that to be understood. I'm a firm believer in that. What we do is Holy spirit driven, uh, but we should care about it. And Nathan, this is like, this is the, I would apply this to all the forms of communication, but if we're going to talk Mm -hmm. about the preaching a little bit too, because of the weight of what we have to present. Yeah, absolutely. Because of the importance of the gospel message and the truth of scripture Mm -hmm. that should drive us to more desire to learn and develop how we communicate and the communication skills that we have. Yeah, I totally agree. And I look at it, too, from a standpoint of it also helps eliminate distractions. And so that's something like when I train our program directors for our camp teams in the summers, we try to do excellent programming, not for the sake of excellence, not so that we look the coolest, not so, you know, we're like, oh, my gosh, we didn't mess up anything. No, it's literally so that I train them like the gospel message is the most important thing out there. Let's try to have as many or, or to, let's try to reduce as many distractions as possible. You know, so if somebody's trying to have a, a serious moment and we're just flashing lights all over the stage and then that's distracting, right? Or if the screens are going out or, you know, just everybody, you can think of a hundred examples of what, you know, bad 
I think production looks like. I think the same thing happens here with communication. The gospel is the most important message that we will ever speak from our mouths. And we should we should try to take that seriously in the way in which we communicate that. Um, like you said, totally agree. I mean, the Holy Spirit can do amazing work through through anybody. I think Paul would say he's an example of that. And we get to see all through the through his letters in the New Testament. Um, but even in that, he did work hard to try to communicate to the people around him to in all the different story. I think of the story like Mars Hill. And he's at Ephesus and all yeah. that, you know, those different times of, of trying to be a good communicator, take what he sees in the world and 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 use and show that, hey, this is where the world falls short. This is where the gospel um, comes to play, because we think about it. We see teenagers are so and we are too inundated with with seeing people who are good communicators. And so I think sometimes people can tune out when we're not trying to um, hold their attention or we're just getting up there and just kind of shooting from the hip per se. Yeah. If we care a whole lot about it, we'll put the time in to improve at it in whatever it is like you with your cooking, like you care a lot about it. So you put time into reading, looking up recipes, practicing, Mm -hmm. like you'll make something multiple times before you're ready to tell us like, man, I made a good batch of whatever it is. That that is true. Yep. (laughs) And so like, it's the same thing with everything. And so we can tell, like you can take a personal inventory and ask, how much do I care about communicating? And then look at how much time you spend in development of that. Now, if we set kind of the preaching off to the side, which we will come back to, there's a public speaking side of communication that books like talk like Ted that I mentioned just a second ago, and I'll give you some other resources here in just a minute, uh, specifically address that. But I think we spend even less time uh, developing ourselves in our writing, the kind of emails that we write and what our, like if you write thank you notes, the way our penmanship looks uh, and uh, we communicate through those ways. And some of you that are listening to the podcast right now, you're like, oh, my gosh, are we really going to talk about penmanship? No, we're not going to spend a lot of time on it. But everything that you send out is a communication from you that reflects you. You are communicating something with the penmanship of your thank you notes. You're communicating something with how your emails read. You're communicating something with how you manage your budget and how you train volunteers and the resources that you provide them. And all of those are different ways of communicating. So as we do talk a little bit more about this public speaking side of things, Nathan, I don't I don't want to not mention the other stuff because we Like you send student pastors, you probably send more emails than you do Mm -hmm. have minutes of preaching. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, too, another big one in that realm is just is what's typically called nonverbal communication. But to me, it's what is your posture? What is your body language? What is your stance at anything? Because you as a leader, you are always being looked at as a leader. Right. So even if you show up to the senior adult Sunday school class you know, get together for Christmas, right? Something you probably have zero responsibility to do, except maybe you had to set up tables and chairs, right? Because we've all been there for it. But you're invited, you come because it's all the staff is going, you know, it's it's a big thing. If you look like you don't want to be there, that speaks volumes. Yeah. And so I think that's important to think about as well. Yep. Hospital visits, like the whole thing, the posture, how you present yourself when you're sitting in meetings, 
staying attentive, being locked in, listening, all, all the nonverbals. And really, Nathan, that's what we're going to spend a good bit of time today talking about is the nonverbals of the public speaking side of things. So the other resource that I wanted to mention to you, uh, and this is a fascinating video. I would encourage uh, you all to check this out. The title of the video is 110 Techniques of Communication and Public Speaking. 110 Techniques of Communication and Public Speaking uh, by David J.P. Phillips. And so, again, the a book that you can check out is Talk Like Ted, and there are a ton of other books on communication. So don't hear us saying this is the end all be all of it. It's one option. That happens to be very good. And this, the video uh, that's not related to the book, but that's on this same topic, the 110 techniques of communication and public speaking. And what's fascinating about this video is that he actually used research and charted 110, many of them nonverbal techniques for communication. And I think in our environment of preaching and teaching, many times we will spend a lot of effort honing the language, making sure that what we're saying is right. And it should be, we should with what we're handling. We want to say the right words. But then we spend very little time on the nonverbal things, how we use our hands, how we step, where we walk, that could enhance the environment by which we preach. That that could involve the audience, bring them along a little more. And I think this is one of the things that I misunderstood as a young student pastor, is that these things, while they don't make the truth any more truthy, Mm-hmm. They do help to engage an audience in what you're saying much more effectively. Tone of your voice, what you do with your hands, where you're walking, being purposeful and all those things. They help bring an audience along and pull them into what you're saying. And we do want that as we share the truth. Yeah, for sure. And we think about it. Preaching is one of those. It's a very auditory um learning style or, or, or delivery method. And so, but not everyone is an auditory learner. I consider myself, that's been one of my strengths as an auditory learner. I can listen to stuff um, better than I can even do like, like watch it kind of a deal, but not, not everybody is that way. There's also people who are kinesthetic learners. There's also people who are tactile learners. There's people who want to see the visual. Um, and then some people just are just as good with an audio. Right. And so if, if, for example, if everybody was just audio learners, we wouldn't need YouTube, right? So, but <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's probably a dumb joke. But anyway, but so I think it's important for we us to think those two. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's important for us to realize that. Uh, so, well, for me, early on, I was the same way, Ben. I could pack like a forty-five minute sermon into twenty minutes, and I it was almost kind of like, yeah, look, look how much I can get through in twenty minutes because I talked fast and I was excited and all that kind of stuff, like. But then thinking about it, I was like, man, I don't, it, I don't think people are really getting this or understanding it. And so realizing to, to slow down, to make the points, uh, to really spend time on crafting like the points, making sure people get it and understand it. Because it really is life application when we're talking about the gospel, right? We want them to apply the gospel to their lives. And so... So that made a big that made a big difference for me in realizing that not everybody is an auditory learner. So I can't just 
teach that that way. So I think slowing down, doing a lot of these nonverbal things helps people who are visual learners. It helps people who um, <clears throat> who maybe need to take notes. It, giving a pause lets people finish the notes that are taken. I know some people um, that are great, like they learn best when they are actively writing notes or maybe even drawing. Like, you know, I've met several designers who they'll they'll have incredible looking note pages and they remember it because they they were drawing out kind of the process, whatever works for you. And so I think that goes, even though this is very spoken, it may, it helps other people along the way if we really focus on some of these areas. Yeah. The learning styles that you mentioned is, I think, a huge part of our communication, especially when we think about teenagers. And we do tend to be very honed in on that hearing way that that listening that auditory learning um because of the environment and because of the way we have the way we most often have it set up but mm -hmm. doing a study and and developing yourself and thinking through now this goes back to our preparation stage as well not every single thing is going you're going to be able to hit all eight styles of learning <laughs> You're, you're not going to be right. able to do that in every single message more than likely, but the more we are prepared earlier on in our sermon process, the more time we have to think through, okay, what's a way that I could do this in a way that goes beyond auditory? Like what can we add to this? What kind of prop can I use or can I split the crowd into groups for this? Or can we have some interaction or is there a video or something that creates an environment like that adds another sensory aspect to the room. Those are the kinds of things that take it above and beyond and hit, begin to hit more people in the audience. Uh, Nathan, as I've watched this video again, this is one that, that we've kind of shared back and forth a couple times. As I watched this video again, I realized, uh, that I was doing one of these things on accident. Uh, just the other day at, when I did our little promotion time at Conclave. So I was watching the video and then I remember as I, I was like, Oh dang, I just did this. I just made this mistake that this guy's identifying. And that is I put one of my hands in my pockets. Mm. Uh, and he talks about how you're not supposed to do that. And he gives like, he gives examples and we won't go into that specific thing. But in my mind, sometimes I will do that as a way to be casual and be more mm -hmm. conversational and say to the audience, like we're just here together, but it actually can bring about a negative, a negative response. It can be too mm -hmm. casual. Uh, it could show that I'm not interested in what I'm doing when what I'm feeling inside is exactly the opposite. So yeah. <laughs> even just recently, I noticed I was like, dang, I messed it up. Yep. I, when I every time I watch this video, I'm like, oh, there's, I missed that one up again. Yeah. I think that's interesting <laughs> is the body language where everybody, you know, I talk to like, well, what do you do with the hands? Like everybody, most people know, like, don't cross your arms or those kind of things. But, um, I think it's important to think about how we use our hands, how we use our gestures to help emphasize what we are talking about. And I know for me, that's been a really hard thing to do. Um, cause sometimes I'll, I'll either want to put my hands in my pocket or maybe even just, you know, like, cross my arms a bit or do kind of like the hand on the chin, like the thinking thing thing or whatever, because it feels comfortable to me, but it comes across, I think subconsciously a little bit more 
closed off than what we would like as we're up there presenting. And so he talks about using using a pause, changing the inflection of your voice, slowing down and letting those things be what makes the statement, what makes what draws the listener in, you know, in that sense. Yeah. What else? I know that you have uh, done some reading and uh, and watching along these lines too. what stands out to you. Like what is what's something that you either think, oh, like this is something I can I can work on or man, I see this being really valuable in a student ministry environment. Yeah, I think that's a great question. I think for me, it really is taking time to think through just as we would think through maybe our application, but think through this, like think through your main points of your sermon and think through how we're going to deliver them because it really is, if it is that important, which it is because it's the gospel, then we need to deliver that in a manner which is received and heard by all the people, all the people there. So I think it is slowing down, spending a little bit more time thinking like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to say this a bit slower. I'm going to pause, or maybe I'm going to get, you know, maybe I'm going to kind of, bend down or get on one knee or, or or change up my posture, change up what I'm doing so that students really know and gravitate to, oh, this is a moment I need to pay attention here. And I think slowing it down, giving it those pauses, giving it some inflection in your voice can go a long way because a student who's the student who's just over there on their phone, we like to say, oh, nobody is. Everybody's dialed in. But we, we know that's not reality. Right. But the person who is over there or maybe they're lost in thought, they're just in la la land. And all of a sudden you stop talking. Then all of a sudden the environment has changed and something snaps them out of this and like, oh, wait a minute, something's different in this room. Right. And so then it becomes like, oh, maybe I should pay attention. And maybe if that's all they hear, but it's the main point, then maybe that will help spark their spark their journey or their walk or, or whatever the case may be there. Yeah. This one, uh, the chart that they develop for this 110 text techniques of communication and public speaking is really fascinating. I would encourage you to, uh, you can Google the chart, but it won't make sense without the video. So as you take from this podcast and begin to dive into some of those things, uh, this chart is a good one just to keep around and say, okay, like what am I specifically doing with my forehead, my eyes, my mouth, when I speak, like, am I emoting on the stage in such a way that draws people in and helps people know like, mm-hmm. okay, like I'm really passionate about this or I'm excited about it. And so your eyebrows go up again, like you might be listening to this and you might think this is crazy. Why would I want to focus on any of this? And I would respond to that question with, we should focus on this because anything that draws an audience into what we're saying from God's word should matter to us. Mm-hmm. And so I'll, here's the, here's the evaluation question. And I used to do this very, very frequently, like multiple times a month, just because I was at a church where we had the technology and we were able to do this. Uh, but now you like, Everyone has this technology because you can just set up your phone. But when's the last time you videoed yourself teaching and then watched not to listen to what you heard yourself say, Mm -hmm. but to watch your mannerisms and what you did and then evaluate that and try to improve week over week. And so this chart is a great way just to have it next to you as you evaluate yourself on video and to say, 
Okay, like how am I doing with my movement? And do the movements I make with my hands and with my walking and the different places that I go on stage, do they match up with what I'm saying? Are they purposeful movements? Because in the video, he even talks about how you can have a lot of movement, but it can actually be distracting if your movements Mm -hmm. aren't reinforcing the words that are coming out of your mouth. Yeah. And this is something that Chad Higgins on our team has talked about before. Whenever you evaluate yourself is I like what he says. He says, watch it with the sound off and does your mannerisms, does your motions, does your action, does your facial expression, does it match up with what you were saying? You know, does it look like we're just kind of could we be presenting a topic of like 10 ways to make ice cream? Yeah, that might be fun, but it may be boring for some people. Or does it look like we're talking about the saving grace of the gospel? You know, and so I think that's important to to watch it with the sound off and then also listen to it without the video. Uh, I know that can be tough, but then I think that helps us remove those visual distractions. And then we find out I hate doing this, Ben. I try to break myself of this habit, but the us and the ahs and the all that kind of stuff, we those really start to stick out if we're just listening to the audio and, and think about it. And every time we do that, it's just another chance, I especially think, for a student just to kind of stop listening. Just, yeah. you know, get distracted or maybe they're, you know, you, we oftentimes talk about inviting, having students invite friends to friends to church. So if it's someone who's unsaved and they're really like they didn't want to come, but maybe there was something cool or maybe they finally decided to come because their friend kept asking them and bugging them. And now they're over there just counting like, oh, this guy says, oh, uh, and that's he's up to, he's up to 27 in this talk, you know, kind of mm-hmm. a deal. You hope that doesn't happen. Right. <laughs> but try to remove those distractions so that there's no, there is no barrier um, potentially for the, for the gospel message there. Again, obviously the Holy spirit can do anything that he wants to. And that's the amazing piece of this. But I think too, it's, it's helping students take the time to see that. Yes. What we are talking about is serious and let's make sure our voice, our passion, our action, our body language matches up with what we're talking about. Yeah. We want, we should want to take away as many self self-built mm-hmm. barriers that as we can uh, as we begin to speak. You know, one of the things that I think is so important about listening or watching ourselves and then evaluating is often we don't know the ticks that we have until mm-hmm. we yeah. do that. Like you may be saying a word over and over or like you may have a, uh, a particular tick and until you listen to yourself or watch yourself, you won't notice um, and then when you talk about those ticks on a podcast, sometimes you notice yourself beginning to do those and you, you begin to say, oh, oh, no, I have noticed in this moment that I have one or whatever it is. But when you begin to really pay attention to those things, you might notice that you have one and then you can begin to take steps again to remove the man-made barriers that we that we put up that could be a distraction. Nathan, I think one of the things, you know, we have an event called the experience mm-hmm. uh, and you can give you can give the website here in just a second for people that, that they if they want to go sign up. But the experience is an event that we host here in Nashville. Uh, we cap the event at 50 people to ensure that it is going to be a smaller grouped event so mm-hmm. that there can be specific interaction and learning both among people who attend and with our team. The whole purpose of experience is to help people get better in the art of preaching. 
and, and we spend a lot of time. It's an experiential learning model. So we go to different places all throughout Nashville and teach different aspects of preparing a sermon. And at the end of the week or the end of the three days, two and a half days, everybody preaches a short sermon to the small group cohort that they're a part of. So we mm-hmm. split everybody up. There's about eight cohort groups of the 50, um, give or take eight, but you get the idea. And then you preach to your group and receive peer feedback, but you've walked through this process of preparing a message based on certain important communication aspects, things to work yep. on. You, you know, we talk about the importance of, Uh, of the invitation and the application portion at the end and what you're calling people to, as well Mm -hmm. as some of the things we're talking about here. So it's a good mix of both the spiritual application of teaching and the more tactile application of preaching or the skills side of preaching. And so it's a great event. If you want to be a part of that, we do have just a few more spots for this Mm -hmm. year's conference coming up in May. Nathan, why don't you give the website? Yeah, it's lifeway.com slash experience. So lifeway.com slash experience. You can register there, register soon because spots are filling up quickly. Yeah. So come join us. It is a fantastic event. We debuted it last year. Uh, it filled up very, very quickly and it is doing the same this year. So lifeway.com slash experience. If you want to be a part of that, Nathan, the last thing I kind of wanted to mention, and we talk about this at the experience, which is what put it on my mind. And it's also said in this 110 techniques of communication video, um, we talk about how communication is something that can be learned. Mm-hmm. The art of communication is something that can be developed. It is not an inborn trait. Uh, certainly there are people that I think have more giftedness than others, mm-hmm. but it is something that can be worked on and developed and honed and being an excellent communicator, I think is available for anybody who desires to put the work in. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. It's a, it's skills and all skills can be learned. And I think this is the case. It's for some, it takes more practice than others, but I think too, it's, I think sometimes we see what we would consider great communicators and they just get by on their charisma. But from this, from a communication standpoint, they may not be actually a great communicator, but that can be very engaging. It just depends on what they're presenting about or whatever. But I think this is totally something that everybody can work on. Everybody may have to work on it at different levels, which everybody has to do that, right? Some things come more naturally to other people um, than they they may us. But I think, but you can, and this is going to sound weird, but you can, like we said, videotape it, watch it back. You can get in the mirror and, and realize like, what does my face actually do when I say say this right or do i have those ticks like you talked about ben those are always fun to find right but (laughs) everybody has that's the thing like if you notice that you do everybody does at some point along the way so we just deal with it and try to keep moving on you got somebody really close to you just be like hey man i want you to be honest what do i do up there that's annoying and they probably have something that they've thought of you know kind of a deal (laughs) but but again it, it takes time it takes practice take a few of these and just try to work on that. If you like, for me, I really had to, when I first started working on slowing down as I was preaching, I literally told a couple of people like in the back of the room, it's a couple of my closest friends or a couple of my adult leaders that I was close to. I was like, if I start, cause I can really skip, like I can all of a sudden start going really fast and there's a lot I want to say and I'll just go, 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 go. Just that's ramp not, up. 
right just go right and it's like i bring intensity so therefore inside of me i'm like oh man i'm i'm, I'm delivering it i'm bringing it because it's fast it's intense but it can just go right it, it can be too fast for people to hang on to like again remember i've been studying this all week or month or however long and so you know trying to get that out may not be as effective as if i slow down so i literally had people in the back of the room like i told them i was like raise your hand like they'd be on the back wall like raise your hand if i start talking too fast <laughs> and so mid that they would just kind of like slowly lift their hand up and then i would be like okay i would bring it back a bit stop and i would then try to put in like i'll make my point and then like try to pause try to slow down because it really does make a big difference to slow down, take a second. Instead of being like, uh, what's next? Just just say, all right, say your point and pause. Wait. Yeah. It's okay. The pause may seem like an eternity for you, but it probably doesn't feel like that for them. And so taking those kind of things. So work on a few of these things along the way. And once you kind of get good at one, you can move on to kind of a few of the others. Um, so that, that for me was big. That And then working on body language was another one for me that was that was big trying not to seem closed off um because in my head i wasn't at all but it you know it kind of came across or the, the the look of that so yeah yeah man there are th- this topic could go and go and go and go and go so i want to remind you of a couple of the resources that we gave you the first one is talk like ted the second one is 110 techniques for communication in public speaking and then the third one is the experience event lifeway.com slash experience uh those are some of the things and the last one is one that we offer we'd love to hang out with you in person if you want to be a part of that event it's phenomenal we bring in top-notch communicators to help along the way uh but some of the other resources that are out there too. Um, I hope you dive into this because this is, this is an important aspect of what we do. You communicate more than anything else in your job. And remember only a fraction of that communication is actually done from the stage. So the amount of time and effort that we put into honing those skills, let's also do that for the other skills of communication that we participate in. This has been another episode of the Student Ministry Podcast by Lifeway. See you next time.